0: Hi, everybody. And welcome back to the show. As always, thank you so much for listening. And as a reminder, every Wednesday, I put out an unscripted, unedited, raw life coaching episode. And every Saturday you get a coach's corner. I hope you caught my last week's coach's corner with my friend, Emily. What I said in the intro before the interview is worth listening to, just again, about how to move through this time. And it was a beautiful interview about love. And this past week, oh my goodness, the plot twists of 2020 just continue. And the full moon was pretty intense. I'm sure a lot of you are feeling this. And I just want to beat the same drum I've been beating since March, which is take care of yourself, take care of your own inner stuff, take care of your triggers so that you are better equipped to handle yourself and make the impact that you're here to make. And please don't minimize your impact. Often just shifting your consciousness alone, actually not often, always shifting your consciousness alone, cleaning up the unprocessed stuff in you, the generational patterns, any of the isms that you carry, either culturally or generationally or personally is massive. Please don't underestimate that. And then whatever that translates to into the external world, whether it's an activism or education or raising more conscious children is also massive. So any inner transformation is huge. If that leads to outer transformation, that's huge too. But know that the inner transformation always does lead to the outer transformation. Even if you are not actively taking action to change the world, your shift in consciousness does change it. So please, please, please take care of yourself. Manage your triggers. If you find yourself highly, highly reactive, just ask, what is that really doing other than raising my cortisol levels? So there's a way we make a difference just by, and this is my favorite quote of all time. And I don't know if I will ever find a quote I like better. It's one that's used a lot, but it's close to my heart, which is be the change you want to see in the world. And that's what collectively we're all being asked to do. And those of us who have done more inner work, and do have a shift in consciousness, and can see things through the lens of empathy and compassion and not judgment. That doesn't mean we condone things. That doesn't mean we're like, oh, they had a rough childhood, so this makes sense. We can see their rough childhood. We can have compassion, not excuse behavior, but not get so reactive about it. I'm just using that, the rough childhood thing, as an example. My point is, If you're getting highly reactive about anything, really ask, what is this reminding me of? What is this triggering from my childhood? What inwardly is this showing me? Cry your tears, hit a pillow, process it, use whatever's triggering you in the external world to illuminate something in your internal world that's there for you to deal with. Our external world is always a reflection of what's going on inside of us. And then you will be able to see things more clearly and make informed choices without heightened reactivity. Because what I see so much of in the world and in the divisiveness is a lot of emotional reactivity. And I said this last week, no great ideas or peace has come from people just being emotionally reactive. We need to handle our emotional reactions and then move forward with yes, compassion and empathy, truth and love, inspired aligned action, and that warrior attitude and strength of heart. And remember the archetype of the warrior isn't an againstness energy. It's more the energy of I'm fighting for truth. I'm fighting for a different state of consciousness. I'm fighting for a world in which we all know that we're one. And that fight doesn't have to involve getting so worked up. Use the workup to do your inner work and then bring that warrior energy that has that focus and that clarity and that calm. You know what I said in the coach's corners? That's one thing I so appreciate about my husband his ability to remain calm in a storm. And I know that's not possible for all of us all the time, but the more inner work we do, the more we're able to come from a grounded place. And just a little personal tidbit, I am currently back in North County, San Diego. I've locked myself away in a little Airbnb here to take a big stab at my next book. I am working on my fourth book. It's about love. And I've been writing it since 2016 and <laughs> have not really made significant progress on it. So I am treating myself to a little timeout. And it's beautiful to not only work on this book, but to have this time alone. And so that's another thing I encourage you. I know that a lot of you can't go lock yourself away and have that time alone. You have jobs, you have kids, you have responsibilities. You may not be able to do that. However, you can create a little sanctuary in your home. You know, I know one client who used to lock herself in her bathroom, light some candles. She didn't want to take a bath. She'd put towels and blankets and cozy stuff in the bathtub and just create a little sanctuary in there. Find your own sanctuary and make sure that you're spending time to reconnect to you. That nurturing energy is so important that we take time to nurture ourselves. And that's a beautiful segue into today's episode with Megan, who's dealing with the mother wound. And I invite you, I take her through a process in this episode, and I invite you to do it along with her, especially if you have the mother wound or if you don't have the mother wound, maybe you have the father wound and you want to use that It'll make more sense as you hear me explain the process to her. But you can get so much out of this episode if you don't just listen, but if you actually do the process with her. And make sure to stay tuned for the breakdown after the show because Megan shared something with me after we had our coaching session that I found incredibly heartwarming. And I'm going to share it. I have her permission to share it with you too. So be sure to stay tuned for that. As you're listening to this call, consider... Do you feel like you're too much for people? Do you feel like you lose friendships or people avoid you because your life is hard and you think that they think you're just too much? Were there events in your childhood that you feel are keeping you stuck now? Do you have an attitude of nothing works out for me and things are hard? And did you have a mother who wasn't really around for you, who you felt neglected and not enough for? So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Megan. Before we dive in, I'm excited to thank my new sponsor for this week, which is Jenny Kane. And I love, especially after summer in Austin, that fall is here. We're actually getting cold temperatures back in Austin. I'm excited to get back there and get all cozied up. And one of my favorite things that I'm going to get to get cozied up in is my new sweater from Jenny Kane. Jenny Kane's recipe for home and wardrobe combines one part effortless style with two parts comfort and a dash of refined simplicity. I mean, having comfortable cozy items is essential any time of year. I even like in the summer to wrap up in something super cozy. That's why you opt for Jenny Kane with timeless neutrals, And classic styles, Jenny Kane designed pieces for the California state in mind. So, Jenny Kane believes in finding your version of the daily uniform. And I know in quarantine time, that's something I do. I definitely had a daily summer uniform. I know my new cashmere sweater from Jenny Kane is going to be one of my fall and winter daily uniforms. And the great thing about it is it's so cute and so fashionable that I can leave the house. You know, you have those uniforms that you don't leave the house in, and then you have those ones that you can be cozy in at home and leave the house and feel stylish. Well, Jenny Kane definitely does that in her sweaters, her clothes. And she also has essentials to make your space feel like home, really cozy blankets. It's just really awesome stuff. You might already have a favorite cashmere sweater or a well-worn pair of mules, but if it doesn't make you say, I'll never take this off, it's not Jenny Kane. Some of her signature pieces are the mule in all different kinds of fabrics. The classic shoe that started it all. And her sweaters, the fisherman sweater, the cocoon sweater from cashmere to cotton, these are awesome. So here is your call to action. Make getting dressed the easiest part of your routine at JennyKane.com and get 20% off your first order when you use the code OVERIT at checkout. That's JennyKane, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com promo code OVERIT for 20% off. That's so awesome. Maybe you'll get a cashmere cozy sweater and we can be matchy in our cozy uniform for the fall. So again, JennyKane.com slash OVERIT. it. Megan, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, thank you for having me.
1: I wanted to address some ongoing recurring patterns, I, I guess, that keep coming up for me and to inquire and, and get your thoughts on moving past or through, not bypassing, but just mm-hmm. processing some of the issues that I keep bumping up against. Sure.
0: Can you give me a couple examples of some of the issues that you keep bumping up against?
1: I have this sense that I am intense and a bit of a burden or I'm too much
0: for Mm. people. What gives you that
1: sense? I could be collecting it. I don't know. But I I just feel that as I've gone on through life and and friendships and relationships and things along those lines that people... it's hard to say. I, I think they fall out with me, but they don't necessarily. I mean, because I've had long-term friendships and relationships, but I definitely have the sense that, that I feel like I'm just too much, that people avoid me. Okay.
0: And how are you too much? Like, are you talk too much? Do you have too many issues in your life? What, what's the too much from your point of view?
1: Um, I think it would be issues. I don't think I talk
0: too much. Okay. What kind of issues?
1: I definitely have relationship issues, familial issues, mm-hmm. work, I mean, kind mm-hmm. of a gamut of mm-hmm. things. And it's overwhelming at times, for sure, for myself. So I, I would imagine externally that it appears to be. I, I have a sense that people think that I'm looking for fixing or resolution mm-hmm. when I really just want to be heard.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and usually what happens, because it's true, people do pull back from other people if they feel that the person is, I wouldn't say too much, but the best way I could describe it is if they feel if the person is heavy, you know, like there's there's mm-hmm. always something. And unknowingly, sometimes we can go into a, a victim consciousness or a victim archetype and can always be having a problem. And for the people in our life, friends or people that we're close to, sometimes they can feel frustrating because they want to help but can't, but also notice that the person who is presenting the problems maybe is also being hard on themselves and sort of not pulling themselves out of the pattern. Does that make sense? What I just said? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's put that aside for a moment because I know for sure you're not too much. You're totally lovable and deserving. And I'm sure an incredible friend and wonderful to be around and all of those kinds of things. What it sounds like to me is that you had probably some hard things in your life that happened earlier on and you sort of got frozen inside of those, but time still goes on, but you're still kind of stuck in things being hard. Does that make sense? So you just kind of are getting more of the same.
1: No, I think it makes sense. And I, and that's somewhat of the issue, the unstuck, like how do I get unstuck? Because again, I don't know if I was collecting these people along the way, but I just had recurring external patterns, right? That have kept me stuck. And it's not that that's comfortable. It's that's, I think, my question like, how do I extract some of that or get unfrozen?
0: Well, that's a general question that I can answer generally, but it won't do you any good. So, the thing that will help okay. us most, Megan, is to get really specific. What What do you think, because you listen to the show, so what Mm -hmm. do you think happened early in your life that have you in this pattern of nothing works out for me, things are hard? I
1: mean, I can think of a handful of experiences Uh where before like the age of five, I had three near-death experiences. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And one, I was, uh, before I could even speak, I like almost choked to death on something, a little toy that my sisters have le- had left on the floor. And then when I was four, I ate <laughs> like a an entire bottle of vitamins and I had to like go to the hospital and get my stomach pumped. And then mm-hmm. when I was like five or six, I was dancing and I fell and I fell on a glass, and I almost fled to death. And mm-hmm. in all those instances, like, my mother was not around mm-hmm. in any of those mm-hmm. situations, and she, she never really was. And and my parents were divorced, and there's real specific things, and, and they continued. Like, so there's a real dense, deep mother wound, and mm-hmm. then there's, like, legit trauma around mm-hmm. that, right? And so... I don't know, I just has manifested in a way that feels just it's just like a constant struggle, right? Yeah. To your point. Like this this weight, this heaviness.
0: Yeah. And Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. So what tell me some things in your life that are a struggle right now? What are you struggling with specifically?
1: I've had some health issues and that has impacted my ability to work consistently. Mm -hmm. So that's impacted me financially. And then I would say I was in a, a good relationship, probably the healthiest and happiest of my adult life. And that, that fell apart. So, um, you know, and so I'm dealing with feeling isolated I mean, even hearing myself speak, I just get like, ay, ay, ay you know?
0: It's like <laughs> Well, not a lot of compassion. So if you have a mother wound, you're probably not so great at nurturing and loving yourself and mothering yourself and giving yourself compassion. So just kind of like you're going ay, ay, ay with yourself, friends and people moving away from you, that may have to do with just, it's, a, it's an external manifestation of how you see yourself because it doesn't sound like you have a lot of compassion for yourself. So would you mind, and you don't have to, but it just might help me. Would you mind sharing a little bit about what the health issue is and also why the relationship ended?
1: Sure. No, not at all. I have autoimmune and Mm -hmm. it is ulcerative colitis. Mm -hmm. So I'm on immunosuppressant therapies and it just impacts you know my energy and and well being and immunity et cetera. Uh, relationship ended. It's a little. I'm a little unclear on that. Somewhat logistical. We're in different states, so it was already a long distance relationship. But I think it would be more. He needed to process and complete some. He was in the in the just fresh out of a, a marriage and and divorce and just really kind of getting his footing. So Mm -hmm. I think he just wasn't as available as he thought he might've been Mm -hmm. at the
0: time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not shocked that you have a digestive issue given one, the trauma, well, two traumas, one with choking and one with the stomach pump. Um, And two, without like that loving, nurturing mother, I'm sure you had to swallow a lot of your feelings and didn't have that, that processed and with the relationship, it sounds like you probably struggle with low self-worth. So are bringing in people, well, not specific example that really couldn't give you their full presence, just like your mom didn't give you her full full presence. So let me unpack Mm -hmm. that a little more. And then I just have to do a little detective work with you. So thank you for your patience. Oh. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, with mom specifically, what is the mother wound? Because there's different mother wounds we can have neglect, abandonment, criticism, abuse. What would be the wound for you?
1: Oh, neglect.
0: Mm -hmm. Neglect. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: She, I mean, her priorities have always been and continue to be the man in her life, you know? Mm -hmm. So, neglect and and abandonment, I
0: suppose. Does she have a lot of different men in her life?
1: Oh tons.
0: Yeah. 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 So what do you think that made you believe about yourself, first of all? And then what do you think it made you believe about relationships?
1: I'm not sure how it made me feel about myself right off the cuff. Relationship, uh, it, it made me uncomfortable. It made me not want to, it made me want to be independent and not reliant on a man. Mm-hmm. I found it slightly Abhorrence, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, not, it's hard to say. It's like it wasn't, I mean, it sounds like they judgmental, but it was more like a physical feeling. of yeah. Like yuck, than, than a, a critical judgment, right? right? And then as far as it
0: made me
1: feel, well, that I didn't matter. I right. mean, I definitely didn't matter to her. Right, mm-hmm.
0: right. So when you don't matter to your own mother, that definitely is going to send your self-worth into the drain. And it's going to have, you have yeah. to, and if if mom was always more focused on the guy and wasn't there for you, that's going to cause a lot of stress, a lot of digestive issues. And so many autoimmune disorders are traceable to emotional issues. Of course, the environment and toxins and our soil and microbiome and all that affects it too. There are those physical reasons. And I think what pushes us over the edge and gives autoimmune diagnoses and disorders is so much of the Emotional constipation in a lot of ways that, that, that swallowing of feelings, mm-hmm. that holding everything inside. And a lot of reasons we hold something inside is because no one was there to hold us. And Megan, no one was there to hold you. You know, even in those traumatic events, I imagine that those were times when you really wanted your mom to step forward. How did she do, if you can remember in, in traumatic situations with you? Well, that's, the
1: thing. I mean, I have very visceral memories and it's almost like when I see her, I can't unsee her reaction. There were circumstances around one of those incidences that were related to a man. So one where I almost fled to death. I mean, I had, you know, I was six, I had like 180 some odd stitches and in internal bleeding and, and they mm. couldn't find her. She wasn't. I mean, and clearly this was in the days of, no you know, cell phones and mm-hmm. access to people, but they couldn't find her. So... So who was with you? My babysitter and my sisters. Mm. And I remember getting put on the gurney and I said, you know, it's all right. I always wanted to ride in an ambulance, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I just always had this like sense of like almost like shock, uh, you know, like uh, just being so confused by what was happening and mm-hmm. not people pleasing, but just this like, I don't understand it either, but, right. but it's not for you to worry about. It's for me to worry about, right? right? That well, kind of a
0: thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Well that you had to find a way to cope because you felt so neglected in the first place. And often when we feel neglected, we will pretend that we don't need anybody because it's almost like we have to talk ourselves into the fact that we don't need anybody because no one's there for us. So it becomes a coping strategy to become independent and strong. Yeah. yeah.
1: I never really thought about it like that because I think that's what's catching up with me now is Mm -hmm. that I did, I think my whole life just spend it very much like I'm okay. I don't need anything or anyone. And that's just not true.
0: Right. We all need people. We all need people. So Megan, you've been through a lot and you only told me three things other than you told me the three events and then you told me mom and all the different men and boyfriends and I can imagine a lot of things that probably happened from that. And so I'm just hearing a tiny bit and already my heart is just cracking open for you. You've been through a lot and because you went through so much at such an early age, it made your life after that harder and you've just been doing the best you can struggling to create your life without any real parenting and i don't know how you how old you are now but it's even if we're chronologically a certain age inside of ourselves we may be way 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 far younger in terms of how we're nurturing and taking care of ourselves so there's a couple things that that i would say first and foremost that that relationship with yourself inside yourself is so important because going back to what I said earlier, there's kind of two main reasons people pull away. One, it just feels too heavy for them and they just don't know what else they can do. But the bigger reason is it's a reflection of what we're doing to ourselves inside. You are mothering yourself the way that you were mothered, which is with a lot of neglect and abandonment. And so they're just, it, it sort of has nothing to do with you and everything to do with you. So it has nothing to do with mm-hmm. you in the fact that you're, you're, you're not, not likable. You're not too much. There's nothing you're doing wrong. Cause really true friends and intimate relationships. And I don't just mean intimate romantic relationships. I would consider my closest friends intimate relationships because there's intimacy there. Right. Um, right. they, they don't leave when things get intense. However, if inside of us, we're not holding space for ourselves and we don't think we're worthy of the staying, then it's just going to mirror back to us our own internal perception. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so it, it doesn't have anything to do with you in the fact that there's anything wrong with you. It has everything to do with you in the sense that you see yourself in the way they're reflecting back to you through their behavior. So that's the part to take responsibility for, not the, there's something wrong with me. I'm too much. Maybe I need to not talk about my life, or maybe I need to change something in the way I interact with people or the way I have friends. It's not that. It's more, wow, what kind of friend am I being to myself? Hmm. Because would you agree that you tend to give up on yourself, neglect yourself, abandon yourself, blame yourself? judge yourself? Yeah.
1: I mean, just even hearing you say it, I'm like, I, yeah, Yeah. it's almost like I'm having an existential sort of crisis, you know, where I want to kind of separate myself from myself because Mm -hmm. I
0: can't stand it. Mm. Well, you could do that, but let's see if we could do it (laughs) in a healthier way. So there is a way to, to, to move away from her struggle by going Mm -hmm. into the observer. And oftentimes we can give that observer an archetype. So archetypes are, um, you know, if I said to you the word queen, you'd know what I meant without even describing it, right? The queen is an archetype. So is mother businessman or woman, um, computer geek. Like there's all kinds of different archetypes, modern day, and then more traditional ones, the saboteur, the prostitute, the inner child. Those are things Carolyn Mace talks about. I don't know if you're familiar with her work, but I love talking about archetypes because when we move into viewing things from an archetypal view, it's like the brain already knows how to do it. When I say move into the mother archetype, I don't necessarily have to explain that because when I say move into the mother archetype, I'm not saying your mother, I'm saying mother right. archetype. So if you were to move into the mother archetype in terms of what a mother is supposed to be, how would you describe a mother?
1: I would think warm and, and loving and understanding.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think like resilient and strong, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think unwavering and and their, their love. Like, I don't feel that a person should be devoted, you know, at the cost of that, who they are. Right. I just That's a martyr. That,
0: right. Not a mother. Right. Yeah. Right. So let's, just, we'll, we'll stay yeah. there. Stay there. Let me just interrupt you for a second. Cause I want to guide you through something. Sure. So let, so separate from yourself for a moment, like kind of imagine that you have, Well, do this, put both hands out in front of you, palms up. Okay. And imagine in your left hand, thats that you're standing there on your left hand, and that's you with all your struggles, okay? Can you kind of see, that's you standing on your left hand with all the struggles, yeah? Yeah. On your right hand, I want you to have the mother archetype stand. That can be, it can look like you, or it can look like another figure. It can look like whatever you see when you see a mother. I just don't want it to be your biological mother, Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. So just look at your hands and in your right hand, you have the mother archetype and your left hand, you have you with all the struggles. Can you see how they're separate? Can you see right now that your two hands are separate and that your struggles are separate from the mother? I can. Okay. So I want you to look at your right hand and imagine that mother archetype is looking over at your struggles in your left hand. What would that mother say to that part of you that's experiencing the struggles?
1: I would, she would say, I I would like to hear about what is happening with you. Mm -hmm. And I want you to know that I am here to listen and to hold you and support you and, to love you and to let you know that, you know, who you are and and what you are and what you're thinking is okay.
0: Hmm. Beautiful. So keep your hands out. Exactly. I know it's kind of hard to hold your hands out like that, but just keep doing it. So now I want your left hand, the part of you that struggled and look at the left hand while you're speaking. So you're actually looking at that part how does that left hand want to respond to what the mother archetype said? How does the part of you that struggles want to respond to what the mother just said?
1: I mean, it it feels raging. I mean, it really
0: does. Don't tell me about it. (laughs) Speak
1: as it. Yeah. It's like, I, I think you're an idiot. And I think that you have your priorities mixed up. And I think that, you know, whatever you could have done or should have done is long overdue. And I don't know if it's reparable or not. And that bothers me and makes me sad and it makes me feel forgotten. Mm,
0: Great. And yeah. And what? Keep going.
1: Well, I think it's just like, like, I don't want to say unfixable, but like,
0: well, don't no no. Stay in the process. You know, don't tell me about it.
1: So yeah, that, unfixable. Like, I, and and just like I'm just going to come up short every time. Okay, I'm just I'm not going to get it right. Okay, great.
0: Have the mother have look at your right hand, and have that mother voice respond to what the part of you that's struggling just said.
1: <laughs> I think that that's um, a really sad way to look at things, and I don't want you to look at things that way, and I want you to feel considered and valued and and that you matter, and that I made mistakes, and I, I will probably make more mistakes, but I do love you, and I want you to know that first and foremost.
0: Great. Look at the left hand and have the party that's struggling respond. Yeah, I think that
1: it is always a little worrisome and concerning for me because I'm not sure if I can trust that. Hmm. I want to trust it, but I'm not sure that I can.
0: Hmm. Great. Look at the right hand and again, have that mother voice respond.
1: I understand that there would be reasons for you to not trust me. Mm-hmm. But I assure you that I am unequivocal with the way that I love you. Even if it's not the way that you think I should love you, I know that I do love you.
2: Mm.
0: Great. And look at the left hand, the part that's struggling, and respond.
1: I think that that's sufficient and and. I want to work with that. I feel that I am willing to meet you halfway. And I I do get a little nervous that I'm not going to be able to follow through. So I would hope that if you see me retracting or second guessing myself Mm. or you, that you pull me out of that and reassure me.
0: Mm. Great. Okay. Look at the right hand. And respond
1: well I can I think I can do that for you I I know I can do that for you and I will make every effort to do that for you mm-hmm.
0: good and look back at the left hand and just feel into that and see if the left hand the part of you that struggles has anything else to say
1: I think i wanna I want to um, find a way to feel your your presence and your, your guidance and love mm. you know I think mm. with uh, and have access to that more regularly.
0: Mm. okay, great so look at the right hand and see if that mother voice has any suggestions on how you could do that.
1: I think that when you are feeling self-critical and lacking compassion, that you—I don't know—it's like remember just the remembering that I am here mm-hmm. and that I am—I—I I, I do love you, and I—I I, I don't know how else to express it other than for you to just mm. almost implicitly know that I love you.
0: Mm. Okay, good. So just take a breath for a moment And look at your hands And do you notice anything about your hands?
1: I have a, f- a sensation in my in my hands
0: What kind of sensation?
1: My right one Just kind of like a shooting up my arm Kind of a, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a warmth
0: mm-hmm. Anything in your left hand?
1: Uh, no, when when we were doing the exercise, I, at different points, had my eyes closed and I was getting colors,
0: mm. you know,
1: with, with either hand.
0: Mm. What kind of colors? Like a
1: nice sort of orangey red mm. on my right. Mm-hmm. And from my left, it was like a blue-green. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you notice if your hands are any closer together now than they were when you started?
1: Oh, that's funny. Yeah, they they are. Yeah. They definitely are. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you can you can put your hands down. Maybe put your hands one hand to your put your left hand to your heart and your right hand to your belly. Okay. And just tell me just what's present for you now. Like what's shifted for you since we first started talking?
1: Um, I feel lighter, I guess, because I feel calmer like I don't have this tightness mm-hmm. you know I feel a little more open mm-hmm. anything else I think that even though I've I've done a you know different workshops with you and everything that I have this um sensation of of uh my ability I think more like to kind of mm-hmm impact me, that makes sense.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like your ability to shift Mm -hmm. yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's huge. That's very empowering. Mm -hmm. Very, very empowering. So the thing that I think that I feel will help you more than anything else in the world is something similar to what we just did. That slowing down and separating yourself, but in a, in a healthy way, not in a neglectful way, because Mm -hmm. you've been yearning to get some space from your struggle, Megan, because your struggle just feels like you're drowning in it and you just can't get up for air. And in an attempt to get space from your struggle, you're neglecting yourself. You're, you're reinforcing the mother wound onto yourself. And so, in the short time I have with you, I wanted to give you a very simple exercise where you could separate in a nurturing way, where you could get some space from your struggle without feeling neglected at the same time. And as you did it, you saw like your hand started to move closer, which means basically these parts, the part that's struggling and the part that's mothering are starting to come together, right? So it's not so separate. It's you're, the part that's struggling doesn't feel so far away from nurturing anymore. You know, the the r- red and orange colors that you saw on your right hand are all about your root chakra and your second chakra, which is all relationships and family. And that was start. you were starting to connect to that mother because without feeling really connected to your mother, I think you've also had a sense of where the heck do I belong? Like, where do I belong mm-hmm. in the world? And then the blues and greens that were coming more from the part that was struggling. The green is your heart chakra. It's feeling open and love. The blue is your throat chakra, which is all about speaking up and hearing yourself. So just notice in a short period of time, you were able to separate from the struggle, but connect deeply to yourself. Mm -hmm. And that, my dear, is what I feel will help you move out of this pattern because the friend thing is just your outsides reflecting your insides. People are doing to you what you do to yourself. That's all that, that is. Again, there's nothing wrong with you. So the more that you can become that friendly mother to yourself, I think the less you'll experience that and the more you'll feel like you're not drowning in your struggles. But that finding that inner mother inside of you and nurturing and really slowing down and talking to yourself. And, you know, the only edit I would have given you, but I didn't want to interrupt you is when the Mm -hmm. part that struggled shared so much as the mother and the nurturer first just say, I hear you. That sounds really awful. Thank you so much for sharing. Like, don't go right into the reassuring and offering solutions until you really make that part feel like it's heard. Okay. Makes sense. It does make sense. So has this given you something to work with and somewhat answered your question? It does for sure. Yeah. Can you see that the friends leaving you has nothing to do with you being too much?
1: I can, you know, I'm, yeah, I can, I, I, I really can. You know, I'm not just saying that. I, I think the thing of it is, is, to your point. I mean, I think I need to get some separation. Yeah. And I think that that's important. And I think that I'm 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 gasping, as you say. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're not saying that, but that is a sensation where I'm like, I'm trying to get space and, and right. air. And so, right. And that's I think the tension that people feel that so right. makes sense. Right. That I, I need to first give myself some space. Yes. Can,
0: well, you need yeah. you need separation, but connection. <laughs> you so know that's exactly,
1: right, right, the conundrum exactly. That,
0: that's why you know talking to a trusted advisor, a good friend is is helpful because we we we're, we're trying to get it off our chest, right? We're really really trying to get us get it off our chest, but and also crave connection. So I think the more that you can do this with yourself. The more equipped to you'll be able to really share and connect with others in a way that doesn't keep engaging you in your old pattern. Because I have a feeling what's happening is you're sharing with friends about what's going on, about what's hard. And all the while you're doing it, you're judging yourself. And again, that's more neglect, more negativity. They're picking up on that. So instead of doing it from this really vulnerable, empowered place, because we can be vulnerable and empowered at the same time. You're doing it more from a self-conscious, neglected, no one really cares about me place. And that's what people are picking up on. You see that?
1: And and I do. And it's also like, I don't want to overwhelm or overburden. And so, yeah. And I think I'm being vulnerable when I'm giving them space, right? And I think that I'm inadvertently creating space, but I don't actually want if that makes right. all that yeah thread right yeah
0: okay that well, makes sense I would suggest doing the hand thing working with the part of you that's struggling and the mother doing it consistently and just see what happens when you really start to separate but connect and connect back by giving yourself that mothering and nurturing that I'm so sorry you did not get from your biological mother
1: no I I appreciate that mm-hmm. I think that that's Great advice and I really appreciate you helping me with that exercise and
0: mm. definitely
1: gonna be something I will go back to and do with with much much frequency, I mm. think. So
0: mm. it's my pleasure. Thank you so much to Megan for just her willingness. I know that for so many people, it's hard to come on the show and you're nervous and it's hard to be vulnerable and open up, especially if you're used to isolating a little bit more. And I just so appreciated Megan's willingness to open up and also to do that exercise, the hand exercise with me. So I wanted to share, and again, I have Megan's permission to share this, that after our session, a few hours after our session, her mother called her out of the blue. She said, we're not as strange yet. We talk very infrequently and had a very nice, calm, loving, and comforting call. There are no coincidences, just synchronicities. So I love that as Megan really worked to nurture herself and find her and her mother, her mother called. And that's, you know, we can't be attached to doing the work so we get external results. We always want to have the intention of doing the work to shift ourselves. But I have seen so many times in my own life and the lives of others that when you do the inner work, there's often a beautiful outward manifestation of how things shift so that her mother calling is just a perfect example of that. So let's break down this call a little bit. Megan's initial question was wondering how she can get out of a pattern of feeling like she was losing friends, feeling like she was too much for people, and wanting to be heard, wanting not to be fixed, but often feeling like people avoid her because she had too many problems. And maybe some of you can relate to that. I actually had a friend in my 20s who broke up with me as a friend because I was just too heavy. I was always complaining. It was right after my breakup. I was super de- with my fiance in my 20s, the one that broke up with me. I was very depressed. I was just complaining all the time. I was very much in victim consciousness. And she just stopped calling and hanging out. And finally, she said to me, Look, I just, it's just too much. Like, you just bring me down. And although I was mad at the time, it was such a blessing because it really showed me the difference between being a victim with friends and being vulnerable. So being a victim with friends is, woe is me, always complaining about the same thing and never empowering yourself, never doing anything differently. Being vulnerable is sharing, really sharing what's on your heart, but not being victim taking responsibility, not looking for a solution, not always complaining about the same thing, but just having a really open heart and also being intentional about how you are choosing to shift it, even if it's just being more compassion with yourself. So victims don't make too many friends unless they just hang out with other victims and they can all throw pity parties together. That doesn't mean don't be vulnerable. I'm very, very vulnerable with my friends. I'm not always up. I'm not always positive. I'm just real just real, but you can be vulnerable without going into victim consciousness. So with Megan, as we started to unpack this, we saw that really the issue was the mother wound. And she knew that too. Her mother was very neglectful. I think so much of her near-death experiences were a cry out for help. She felt very alone, felt very isolated, didn't have anyone there soothing her, didn't have anyone there holding her. And when we don't have anyone holding us, we hold things inside, which I think was a big reason or is a big reason she is having digestive issues and also attracting a man who's not really available because her mother wasn't really available. So what I did with her was an exercise. It's sort of like an NLP exercise, but don't get caught up in that, especially all my coaches who (laughs) want to know exactly what it was. I work very intuitively with people sometimes, and but that was based on NLP. And some of you may have heard me do the empty chair process with people, or you've been an inner child, or you've been in mastery, and you know what that is. But holding the hands out is another way to work with different parts of us. And some beautiful things happened when Megan did that. She was able to find that mother voice, that mother archetype voice, which I'll speak more to in a second. And she was able to have this dialogue by just looking at different parts of her hand and she saw colors and felt sensations and her hands are actually started to come together towards the end, which is very normal when we do parts work. And it was a beautiful way for her to separate, but feel connected because she wants to separate from this part of herself, but then she just abandoned and neglects herself. So she's mothering herself the way she was mothered, which is not the way she wants to be mothered. So I wanted to give her an experience of being able to separate, like see that that part that felt like it was in so much struggle wasn't all her and tap into that mother piece. And speaking of the mother archetype, so when you think of the mother archetype, you don't wanna think of your mother. You want to think of what makes up the mother archetype. When you think of mother, ultimately, what does that mean? Caring, nurturing, compassionate, soothing, encouraging, unconditional love. And we all have that archetype within us. So when we're healing the mother wound, it's so, so important that we really, really find that mothering archetype and loving voice inside of us. So some takeaways for you, if you didn't do the exercise while you were listening, maybe go back and listen and actually do the exercise and see if you can walk yourself through something similar. And whenever you're doing parts work, you need to do it out loud. It doesn't really work when you do it internally in your head. You have to do it out loud because when we do it in our head, we have to just have too many thoughts and they go too fast. And parts work, it's really important to give things a voice and do it you know, out loud. Next, really look at what you think of mother. Your view of the mother archetype may be skewed or your view of mothering may be skewed by your own mother who may not have been the best mother. And so write out a list of the qualities that make a really amazing, loving mother and integrate them. Whether you're male or female, we all need that inner mother archetype. And finally, work on, especially with your friends, work on being vulnerable, work on intimacy versus pity parties and victimy. We all need to connect. And sometimes in an effort to connect, we complain. And I know that you know the difference between being vulnerable and complaining. I know that you know. And you don't need to throw yourself a pity party to get love and attention or to justify needing support. You can just be vulnerable and honest, and that will get you the support and the connection that you desire. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Nonwith With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode.